Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom every day. I'm so excited today to chat with Erin Twomley. She is an author of an amazing new book about women in STEM careers called Everyday Superheroes. And she's also a great advocate for STEM and literacy. So um, I can't wait to get some of your ideas today. Welcome to the show, Erin. Thank you, Chris, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so great to have you here on the STEM Everyday Podcast. And first of all, people can find more information about Erin at erinedu.org. That's E-R-I-N-E-D-U.org. But you do all sorts of different kinds of things with STEM and literacy and and writing some books. So maybe just tell us first how you got into education and, and all the stuff you're doing right now. Sure. So I'm an educator and I'm an author. I was a STEM major in psychology and then decided that I needed to take my research hat, which was really focusing on how boys and girls were doing in math and science Mm -hmm. and take what I was learning about and studying about for the federal government um, into an education setting. So I transitioned um, my kind of specific hat, research hat, if you will, um, to be flipped with an educator lens. I've never actually had my own classroom, but I've done lots of informal education from working with homeschoolers to substitute teaching and um, bringing STEM to life um, through activities, as well as now numerous publications. So I spend most of my time today um, writing nonfiction children's STEM books and really trying to engage our next generation of learners in protecting and creating a sustainable planet. Great. That's uh, sounds sounds perfect. Sounds like a great connection that uh, that we definitely need. We need kids not just learning about STEM and and stacking cups and and paper and and playing with toothpicks and and gummy bears. We need to actually get them to think about what are all these things that they're learning right now going to lead to someday in the future. And 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 again, uh, you've got an incredible book which we'll start talking about. You also do some school encounters and makerspace collaborations where you where you kind of go into schools or libraries or, or Girl Scout programs and things like that. What, what's it like? What kind of things that, uh, that have you found that, that work really well with those kinds of things? So my mission really with Aaron EDU is to kind of cultivate curiosity and asking questions. Two simple skills that I think sometimes within the confines of education, we can really either minimize or really underestimate how the curiosity of our kids could drive a whole lesson plan or a whole new unit. Um, So what I do is in this kind of informal education space, I get to do what I say is the fun stuff. I get Uh to come in with activities that will bring some of these STEM superpowers, we like to call them, Mm -hmm. which I will share six of those today that come from the book, um, and give kids real opportunities to see not only that it's science, technology, engineering, and math that they should be excited about, but who works in these fields and how these fields are shaping our world. So um, I provide these hands-on learning opportunities like building a maze out of Legos and learning how to code with no technology. Yeah. 
actually identifying who superheroes are in our everyday world, like the Disney princess animator, um, Sonia Carey. She created the Disney princess Tiana. And most kids nowadays, they know the movie, The Princess and the Frog, but they don't know who's behind the scenes, right? Who created that animation? Who brought her to life from voice to what she looks like? So I like to provide these hands-on opportunities. I partner a lot with parent-teacher associations, libraries, and Girl Scouts, as you mentioned. That's awesome. So if, if we can, again, um, I'm chatting with Erin Twomley. Again, you can find her at erinedu.org, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just check for STEM superheroes. It might have an S on the end or it might not, depending on the platform. Uh, but again, all these things, of course, will be in the show notes as well. But let's talk about your book because I think so many teachers could find this so useful in their classroom. It's called Everyday Superheroes. Women in STEM careers, you can find on Amazon or wherever, or if they want some discounts, they should definitely contact you, Erin, because you love to give discounts to, to those teachers that are on the front lines. It, it's a beautifully done book, and it's got tips in it. Um, let's just start with the first part of it. It's got six STEM superpowers. Tell me about how you came up with those. Yeah, so one of the, I think, right, the big misconceptions if you're not in education and if you're a parent is that STEM is all about the subjects, right, in the oh, yeah. acronym. And um, we really wanted to kind of shift away that it's actually not about the content that you're learning, but it's really about these superpowers that actually all kids exhibit. In fact, like the number one superpower, which is observation, starts by the time that a kid is a baby, right? Um, Children are observing the world around them. They're imitating the world around them. And that's how they learn to speak, walk, grab, eat, right? They're imitating, observing everything that's happening around them. We know that they get to the toddler phase, right? Where they're asking us questions like, why, why, why? (laughs) Why is the sky blue? Why, right? And so instead of shutting that down, how can we continue that curiosity and that imagination? in the classroom, right? And not have be maybe disruptive to kind of what we want the flow to be, but to have it be something that is going to be intriguing or inspiring for other students. Problem solving, of course, is one of the basic STEM skills, right? We have so Mm -hmm. many problems in our world um, from making our planet green, cleaning plastic in the ocean, to understanding how we can grow food for our growing populations. So that skill is so important. So in some ways, we wanted to take these STEM superpowers that in some ways seem obvious, right? Collaboration, data collection and analysis and communication Mm -hmm. and put a re-emphasis on those skills. So the STEM superpowers are really there to give kids examples of superpowers, not only that they might already have, but superpowers that they can develop. So we don't want kids to think that they don't have any of these superpowers. We believe that all kids have all of these superpowers and that it's a matter of kind of cultivating them and encouraging these STEM superpowers in their daily life. Yeah, exactly. And I think every teacher can think about the the importance of these six STEM superpowers, which again, here they are, observation, imagination, curiosity, problem solving, collaboration, data collection analysis, and communication. And every one of those things in some form or another is going on in an effective classroom. 
And these are things that are going to go on at, in careers and getting kids ready for those kind of things. And, and your book does a great job. It kind of spends a page on each one, getting kids to really think about what does it mean. You give examples of each one of real people doing those things. And then you get to this just such a great idea. You pick 26 different ideas, 26 people that are doing these kind of STEM careers, uh, these, these great women who are doing really interesting stuff. Tell us about one. Yes. So I love to share with you that all 26 of these featured women are diverse women and by diverse, not only race and ethnicity, but we really wanted to look at ability, um, degree, where they studied, what they studied. And mm -hmm. these are all women except for three of them who are currently living today. We've got um, young page PhDs like Dr. Fairfan, who will be working at the Smithsonian um, Natural History Museum studying gems and stones. Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on, Aaron. That doesn't sound like a STEM job. That doesn't sound like somebody coding and working with robots. How can that be in a STEM book, Aaron? Yeah, so she's a geologist. She spends her time studying and understanding rocks and minerals, right? She's yeah. a scientist trying to figure out how our understanding of rocks actually impacts specifically coral reefs is what uh -huh. she has been looking at. And so yeah. she's She's a young PhD. And really in this book, we wanted to take kind of that common list of STEM careers that you might think of, right? Yep. Which often we associate with just technology or a scientist exactly. and really expand beyond that. So you're going to find people like a vertical farmer. You're going to find a sustainable fashion designer. You're going to find a robotics engineer. You are going to find aerospace engineer because we wanted kids to really learn the vocabulary and the jobs that we don't think of every day, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us, if we think of a STEM career, honestly, we think of somebody who's in medicine or yep. in science. And yep. by in science, I mean in a white lab coat. Yes. We really wanted to push back on that stereotype that STEM superheroes wear white lab coats and our scientists or working in medicine. Yeah. So you asked me one STEM superhero I'd love to share with you. Sonia Lowe manages one of the world's largest indoor vertical farms at Crop One Holdings. Mm -hmm. And her farms, they don't use any sunlight or soil. They're actually using water nutrient-rich systems mm -hmm. and LED lights to grow over 6,000 pounds of leafy vegetables every single day. Wow. So this is a great combination of not only understanding the science of how do we grow plants without soil or sunlight, right? Mm -hmm. And how could we integrate and collaborate with different pieces of technology to make that happen? And then also to really understand the impact of our ability to make 6,000 pounds of leafy vegetables in one day. And what a game changer that could be for the way that we feed our populations. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of what they're doing in their farming is actually being used to feed um, airplane passengers, right? Yep. So that's one of their biggest consumers because airplane passengers eat tons of food on a daily basis. And if you think of the amount of flights that are happening all over the world, so as the CEO and a vertical farmer, she has this unique job where she gets to see not only the environmental and agricultural impacts of her work, but she gets to understand how it can change the way that we feed populations in different communities. 
Yeah. And just thinking, okay, so you read maybe that page in your classroom, uh, teachers, and you, and you say, okay, so what else could we study? What else could we do now from that? Using it as a jumping off point, getting the kids, like we said, those STEM superpowers, you know, observation and curiosity and imagination and getting those things running. And then, okay, then now we're just talking about problem solving. How do they do these kinds of things? What could we do? And it just seems like each one of these almost is a great jumping off point for kids to try some challenge in your classroom. And then it's going to be some of those kids are going to say, I want to do that someday, or I want to do it right now. Exactly. And that's really our hope is that something like a vertical farmer could get kids thinking about what we call food miles. How far does your food have to travel to get to you, right? Or it could get you thinking about how much water or soil do we actually use in the agricultural industry? Mm -hmm. And if we don't use soil, what could we use? And if we don't use sunlight, what can we use, right? That's like the basic science class, right? We've all, you know, tried to grow something without sunlight light or minimal sunlight. So this can kind of take your classroom in a whole new adventure from just the growing part to how we feed our communities. And I'm just thinking, I live in a very cold climate that there's no way we can grow green leafy vegetables outside for for almost three quarters of the year, honestly. But you could grow them, like you said, inside as a vertical farmer and and just a great jumping off point for for any classroom. Or there's things that are going to connect with so many kids. I mean, you got, like you mentioned some already, but there's 3D animators, there's app developers, uh, weatherization technicians, uh, environmental lawyers, or paleontologists. These are things that kids are going to get their interests sparked by. Again, the book is called Everyday Superheroes, Women in STEM Careers, and it's by Aaron Twomley. Aaron, just, just again, a great book and everybody should uh, check it out. Uh, at least get one for your library. At least get one to be able to pass around in your school and share with different teachers or try to get one for yourself, especially connect with Aaron and she can work on getting you a discount. So Aaron, after they read the book, after the, of course, there's going to be some kids uh, with some new ideas and, and inspiration and, and some imagination going on. Uh, what are some next steps that they can do? So one thing that we wanted to really feature in this book, both for parents and teachers, were some icons throughout the book that either propose think and discuss questions to get kids thinking about food miles, for example, or Mm -hmm. provide new facts that they might not have known. For example, how many types of engineers there are or how many types of farmers there are. Um, And we also feature like trailblazers. So not only are there um, numerous present day women in the book, but there's also historical figures that kids could learn learn more about, right? So those discover icons kind of will help you as a teacher or a parent maybe extend that lesson. And then in 2020, we're looking to add kind of some more specific activities um, to help you in your classroom and, and take this book to the next level. And again, those will be able to be found on AaronEDU.org. Um, yeah, definitely in those in those pages of the book where the icon is, it's like a nice white box part, and that's it's like perfect. It stands out. This is some ideas. This is this is what to do next. So, other other thoughts, Aaron, about STEM and literacy and how we connect kids with those kind of couple things, especially you as an author. 
probably think about those things a little bit more often. So I think one of the big challenges that I will share with you as an author is I really debated if I should include women in the title. So the title is Everyday Superheroes, Women in STEM Careers. And I really went back and forth with my publisher, editors, numerous people to think about if putting women in the title would turn off educators and parents, in particular, those of young boys, from buying the book. That's been one of the kind of the challenges with the author and the educator hat is don't get turned away by this book because there are 26 awesome female STEM superheroes. Right. But as um, a good colleague and friend, Dr. Mullins, who works at a nonprofit um, called Science Delivered, um, wrote a great piece called Boys Need Female Role Models Too. And our boys need to believe that girls can do anything. So by sharing this book with your classroom, you are doing both boys and girls a favor because they get to see role models that look like them or role models that might look like their mom, their sister, their aunt, their favorite teacher, for example. And so don't shy away, I think, um, sometimes from putting a book that just features all women in your classroom. And I will tell you that I have visited over like 6,000 students, I think, to date. And this book in the last six months, I have yet to have one kid say, Miss Erin, where are all the boys? Most kids actually don't notice that this book is is filled with girls. They're just excited that they're superheroes, that they're superpowers, and that they have these really awesome jobs. So I I just think that that's important at the end of the day, that sometimes as adults, we put our own biases or our own hesitations upon kids where actually kids might not notice the things that we think that they would. And again, these are real superheroes. There's are 26 real superheroes. These are not just Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. I mean, these are these are real superheroes. And again, kids need to see that that there are people doing incredible exciting jobs, not just the jobs that they typically think of. Again, thank you for that, Aaron. And we should mention also that it wasn't just Aaron that that authored this book, but Joshua Snyderman co-wrote this book with you, right, Aaron? Yes. And so big shout out, writing a STEM book and using that collaborative process to make it come to life. So one other great, I think, aspect of this Everyday Superheroes book, Aaron, is the fact that you're putting real names behind um, these kind of careers. And, And that's important for these kids too, right? Yes, it's so important that we share what we call, right? There was a big hashtag and movement called hashtag I am a living scientist because oftentimes we forget to name the great inventors, discoverers, and creators. And that's part of largely not only women's history, but right, multiple different communities' history is that we don't name them. We call them the seamstress or we call them the animator. We call them just the scientists who collaborated. And it's so important that kids see that they're a real person, that they might be a parent, they might be a soccer player, they might have hated math in school and now use uh-huh. math every day. No, right? nobody, nobody hated math in school. 
<laughs> right? The most common problems, right? I, for me, myself, I never thought I was going to be a writer. I thought that writers needed to have big imaginations and be really creative. And I've always had this research hat and this analytical um, mind. So I never had put two and two together before, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's so important that we share that with kids so that they know that the path is not linear and that we are real people. STEM superheroes are real people. They laugh, they cry, they have dogs, they go on walks. Um, they're everyday people who are trying to make the world a great place. Yeah. And they get to do some pretty cool jobs every day. And what kid wouldn't want to get to grow up and do a pretty cool job? You know, oftentimes we as educators, a kid will ask a question like, when are we ever going to use this? And you'll say, well, you're going to use it in your job someday. And that you can't just say, you're going to use it in jobs. There's lots of jobs that use it. You have to be specific. And it's such a, such a great point there, Aaron. Uh, again, you can find more of this kind of information on AaronEDU.org. And I know you're going to be starting to include some next steps kinds of things. And I'm really looking forward to that on your website as well. Ways that teachers can use this book as a jumping off point with some other resources you're going to have. We're definitely excited about that. A couple last quick questions for you, Aaron. What do you hope is, I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit already, but what do you hope is the future of STEM education? To be honest, I hope that the STEM initiative or focus goes away. I want to be out of a job. I would love for these STEM superpowers and this momentum to just be included in not only our education system, but how we train people for careers so that we don't have to just be promoting specifically um, these skills as part of a subset. I'd love it to be inclusive, right? Um, Ultimately, what I really want is that kids would say that they want to be an animator, a robotics engineer, or a zoologist just as often as they say actress, singer, or doctor. I want that staple sentence to change, which has been around for numerous generations, right? You ask young kids what they want to be, and it's usually something that they've seen on TV, Mm -hmm. right, that they're heavily exposed to um, along those career lines of, you know, acting, singing, or being a doctor. And I'd really love for those career options and ideas to be more open and inclusive for kids. Yeah. And kids need to see what these real jobs, these real careers are, because they'll never know about them if they don't hear about them. So definitely great job with that, Aaron. One final fun question. If you could have anybody, I know you do different encounters in school and then you go in and you do different activities and things. If you could take somebody from science, technology, engineering, and math, just to be that guest speaker along with you, who would that be, Aaron? Oh, that's such a great question. And you can't pick anybody from the book. I can't pick anybody from the book. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, if I pick somebody or I don't pick somebody from the book, I'm going to have a lot of emails in my inbox tomorrow. So in thinking about this, I think Andrea Beattie, who wrote the series called The Questionnaires with Rosa Revere, the engineer, Iggy Peck, architect, that yeah. is obviously been kind of one of my staple foundational tools because through that, both that literacy and that STEM connection and the beautiful illustrations, she's really been at the forefront of bringing kind of these 
the ask for diverse books as well as STEM related books into the classroom, right? Yeah. She's well known. Um, so I'd love to go with her. She also has a new awesome book, Sophia the Prez, that's coming out. Yep. So I'm excited to see that social science lens get connected with STEM, um, which I think sometimes you know, we focus on that technology piece, which is so cool and kids love it. Yep. But there's a lot of social science jobs in STEM as well. And and I think um, you just mentioning Andrea Beatty like that. Um, your book is is definitely right along in that same kind of vein that every kind of teacher should want to add to their their classroom reading materials and have as something as a resource and again as a jumping off point for doing some great challenges and more learning in the classroom as well. Erin, it's been so great chatting with you today and all of your great ideas and and all the best on getting all these ideas out about real people doing real careers that include STEM. Thank you so much for your time today. And I'm excited to hear from other educators in this space and share the book with you. Yeah. And again, if you want to connect with Erin, you can find her at STEM Superheroes on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook or ErinEDU.org. That's real easy. E-R-I-N-E-D-U.org. Check it out. Appreciate you listening to this episode of STEM Everyday Podcast. We're so excited that we get to chat with all these great educators, all these people with great ideas. If you've got great ideas and you want to share them, connect with me on Twitter at DailyStem or at DailyStem.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, your favorite podcast app, because that helps other teachers, other educators to find out about all these great ideas from people like Aaron. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com. Come